the richness of the voices that we have um, in my writing um, that is applies to people from all different incomes, all different backgrounds, um, all different occupations. Um, that's what makes uh, Calgary um, such a wonderful place to live because it does have that mosaic quality to it. And that's what I love about Canada. Welcome to the Ballot Box featuring Kathleen Johnson. Welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, and today we are back in the ballot box with another great candidate in the 44th general election. She is running for the new Democratic Party here in Calgary, Calgary Heritage to be more specific, Kathleen Johnson. Kathleen, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, Kathleen, I start off all my interviews the exact same way, so you're no exception. Where's your sense of duty to serve come from? I think it comes from my parents. Uh, my parents were West Indian immigrants. They were part of the first few West Indian families to come to Calgary, and uh, they were always active in the community. My dad was the first police officer of color on the Calgary police force, and my mom was very instrumental in starting um, the Calgary chapter of uh, Congress of Black Women, which is now defunct. But um, they were always involved in activities in the community, um, usually stemming from their island. They always uh, volunteered on campaigns. I remember like licking envelopes and uh, just doing different things uh, when I was a kid with my parents on campaigns. So. Yeah, it, politics was always a topic in our house. So um, it wasn't always, uh, it wasn't anything that my parents shied away from or said, oh, you can't talk about politics. Like, it was like a regular topic. <laughs> was it Was it ever mentioned that someone like yourself or maybe your father or your mother might get into elected politics? Or are you the sort of the odd man out here and you're the first person in your family to put your name forward on the ballot? Uh, I'm my father has been asked to run before, but I'm the first person to put my name on a ballot. So what 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 made you do that? What made you think that in 2021 you were going to put your name on the ballot, not only for Calgary Heritage, but also for the new Democratic Party? Um, well, I was called and asked to do it and uh, somebody had put my name forward in the party and uh, I thought about it. I did sleep on it. And then I said, yes, because I thought what an experience it will be. Um, even if I don't win. Um, and I felt that I wanted to have a voice because I feel like, uh, Canada is changing. It has changed. Um, but that certain people, especially people in marginalized groups, um, are not represented. And how do you envision yourself being that candidate who will represent the marginalized communities that you've talked about there? Uh, well, I, I, I'm very fascinated by intersectionality um, and how people are in they how they identify in so many different ways um, and with so many different groups. Um, for instance, like I have uh, three of my five children are 
um, in the LGBTQ community in different ways, um, but they are also black. Um, my daughter is also female uh, to add to that. So um, I'm just fascinated with how will the world deal with them? How, how what place will they find um, in the work world, in political landscapes? Um, how is that going to be for them? So I, I'm really interested in that. Um, and and uh, so I thought, you know, it's not for a lot of things that you do are not for right now. They're not for the moment, but they might be for the next generation or the next generation. Now, I am a follower of you on Twitter. So and if I'm not mistaken, on Facebook as well, if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong here, but one of your children just turned the age of 18. And they will be voting for potentially you because it is a secret ballot. But how 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 honored are you to have uh, one of your children be able to vote for your their mother their first time out? You know, it just hit me and I was like, wow, <laughs> I, I just think it's such an honor um, for her to be able to do that um, for hopefully for me. <laughs> it is her choice, <laughs> but uh for the first time uh, that she's ever voted. So yeah, uh, it, it, I just thought that's crazy. That's a full circle moment if I ever saw one. Now, um, I, I wanna know for a second, um, you you could have chosen, Paul, you should have could have chosen many different parties, but you chose the New Democratic Party that best represents your values, if I'm not mistaken. What does the NDP stand for in your own words, in your own opinion? Um, they seem to be, uh, in my opinion, the only party that is really for regular people. Um, I have found a lot of acceptance in the party and just people welcoming me with welcoming me with open arms. I'm fairly new to the party, but, um, I've studied the platform for a while. I followed Jagmeet for a long time. I was inspired by Jack Layton. Um, and I just find that there's no elitism. There's not a, there's not a sense of people that are, um, only familiar with a certain kind of class. Um, if, if, if you will, I mean, we still have classes in the society that maybe not be as distinct. Um, but we still have a working, a poor, a working class poor, uh, a middle class, a lower middle class, an upper middle class, a rich, an ultra rich. Um, and I just find that um, the other two parties are more interested in serving uh, the upper echelon demographics of society rather than the average person. Um, uh, any candidate should be out door knocking during this election. I know with COVID-19, it is a different atmosphere and a different change of pace compared to previous elections. But I have seen you out door knocking. What are you hearing from the people of Calgary Heritage when you're door knocking, when you're talking to them? And what are the issues that they're talking to you about? They're talking to me about student loans. Uh they're talking to me about um, getting their job back after it being cut from after being cut from the oil industry. Um, you know, they're talking to me about about taxes, um, but a lot of concern about how are we going to get this province back on its feet? Um, things were kind of tough before COVID and COVID has just exacerbated that. So 
um, Albertans are wondering, what is the future? What is my future? Um, because our main resource is not too popular nowadays. <laughs> and what does that look like going into the future? So um, we talk about diversifying uh, in the uh, diversification in the economy as far as industry. And how are you going to pay for all of these people that have lost their job because of COVID um, or because of uh, ups and downs in the oil industry? How are, how are you going to pay for this? That's the that's the main concern is, OK, I hear that a lot. The NDP have a lot of great programs, but how are you going to pay for it? Um, and so that's the kind of conversation that we're having at the doors. Are people engaged? Um, when I've talked to different candidates from different political parties, and I know we are going through a municipal election here in Calgary as well across the province. But one thing I hear over and over again is the apathy. People are sort of tired of elections and they just want politicians to get back to work. Are you hearing about the apathy or are people actually interested in hearing what you have to say? A mix of both, to be honest with you. Um, I do knock on some doors and they say, I, I ask them, is there any one issue that you're concerned about? And they, you know, might say, no, nope, not really. Um, to say they have no worries, probably not. Maybe they just don't want to let tell me that. But um, for the most part, people are engaged. People are concerned. People have things that they want to talk about. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, I want to talk about some of the uh, issues that you talked about, student loans, jobs, uh, getting jobs back, COVID-19 taxes and getting the province back on its feet. Um, I'll, I'll start with COVID-19 because this is the elephant in the room and it is the uh, biggest issue that is going to face the next government, all 338 MPs once elected. As the next MP for Calgary Heritage, how will you fight for everyone and not just the wealthy, those who might not have stuff, uh, who might not have it, who are one paycheck away from potentially losing their job? How do you envision yourself fighting for everyone to get a fair shot at recovery? Well, one of the only ways to do that, and Jagmeet Singh has said this on the campaign trail, is to um, tax the ultra rich um, 1%. And that is not, I mean, a lot of people hear that and they think, oh, um, is it me? Is it going to be me? These are people that are millionaires, billionaires, um, not people making 100, 200,000, 200, even three, four or 500,000. Um, so that is one of the major ways um, for us to capture that income and so that we capture that uh, th those funds so that we can redistribute them. I really believe in a redistribution. Um, there's companies there's companies that made a lot of money during this pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody at Uber Eats is crying or anybody at Amazon. So um, these are companies that they can be incentivized to put money back into the community. How would you like to see that happen? Because you, you can tax the ultra rich, the millionaires and the billionaires, which I still can't believe there are billionaires in this world, but we are living in a strange society. 1% seems like a drop in the bucket compared to what we potentially will need. 
is there a, or would you be in favor? And this is just me asking the questions and playing devil's advocate here of increasing that one, 1% to potentially 2% because I don't believe and this is my own personal opinion here, but if you're a billionaire, you, you just need to start paying your money. If your tax rate is the same as a secretary, no, no. Would you be willing to potentially increase that even a little bit? Me personally? Um, yes, it's not in the uh, platform formally, but for me personally, 1% is a good start. Um, 1% of a billion is a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I think we definitely need to just take a, um, a look at the whole situation because as we know as well, $15 an hour doesn't cut it anymore. Um, with uh, if, you, if it kept pace with inflation, it would more be like $20, $22 an hour. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of restructuring that needs to be done in terms of how people in terms of the tax structure and also in terms of, we need to look at, uh, 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 you know, everybody has talked about a basic income, um, that those types of measures might need to be necessary, um, going forward. Now I, I want to play, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the oil industry because you did talk about diversification in that uh, introduction about what you're hearing at the doors. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here because that's my role as the person who is hosting the show. And for the listeners, they want to know <laughs> what your thoughts are. Um, there is a uh persona there is a assumption that the ndp is anti-oil that is if you elect an ndp mlmp you will keep the oil in the ground our natural resources won't go far i want you to talk to the people who are listening right now and tell your position on the oil and gas industry but also how you view it today well um you know jagmeet has made no uh, bones about oil and how it affects indigenous people and how it affects our environment. Um, and as an Albertan, as a born and raised Albertan, um, I do understand that it is the lifeblood of our province. And um, even though I'm not running provincially, um, I know that uh, in the nation, if oil is down, it affects the whole entire country. Um, it is a big part of our GDP. And so um, I do believe that there are industries that have been trying to get in a more of a foothold into um, Alberta and um, most namely is uh, the film industry. Um, I worked in that industry for many years and um, when Curry Barracks was coming up for sale um, many years ago, the, oil ind the uh, movie industry said, hey, let's build a big soundstage there and you know, kind of piggyback on the success of Vancouver and Toronto, the whole Hollywood North concept. And we could have a nice booming secondary industry here. They got shut out and they have been shut out for um, many, many years in trying to get a foothold in. So um, even tech um, or other professions, we've heard from other uh, trades that have said, you know, there's, there's just no room um, there's no room for us. So I think we have to look beyond um, uh, certain things. Actually, somebody at the door said, hey, isn't Alberta the sunniest province in uh, in the country and one of the sunniest places in North America? Where, what about uh, solar? 
you know, um, why are we not taking advantage of that sunshine and building a, a solar industry? So there's people with some different ideas out there. And I think we need to actually talk to the people and, and say, hey, what are your ideas? You know, um, Calgary Heritage has some of the most affluent uh, neighborhoods in the city um, in, or in this riding. And, um, uh, you know, people are intelligent. They have, they're engaged, as I mentioned before, they're, they're not apathetic at all. And they have a lot of ideas. So we need to actually open the conversation with other industry, with the people and come up with a plan to diversify. I, I want to talk about the diverse opinions that are, that make up this great country. Um, if elected on September 20th, um, you will be representing a riding that has never sent an NDP MP to Ottawa. You will be the first. Talk to the people of Calgary Heritage who are thinking about voting for you, who may vote for you, or who are looking at all their options before going into the ballot box. How will you guarantee to the people of Calgary Heritage that you will represent everyone and not just the people who vote for you? Well, um, I think that that's because Calgary's in my heart. It's my hometown. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way but to represent everyone. Um, and like I said, I was attracted to this party because it's the party of, in my opinion, it's the party of the people. I know there's a party named the People's Party, um, but I really feel like it's the NDP that is that. And um, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other, other way. I think the, the richness of the voices that we have um, in my writing um, that is applies to people from all different incomes, all different backgrounds, um, all different occupations. Um, that's what makes uh, Calgary um, such a wonderful place to live because it does have that mosaic quality to it. And that's what I love about Canada. So um, I wouldn't, I, I would be very honored to uh, represent everyone equally in terms of, uh, you know, their voice and um, having uh, somebody in parliament that really is concerned about people and um, that people would actually see me. Um, they would actually um, be able to have conversations with me. I'm really, really big into talking. As you can see, I'm a doctor. Uh, so um, I know a lot of people that uh, have never met um, the incumbent, never seen him. And I don't want to be that kind of MP. I want people to know that you'll see me. You'll see me. I'll be around. Um, I, I want to talk about the opinion still because um, an MP's job is to represent their constituents to the best of their ability. You go ask 100 people on any issue, you will get 100 different opinions. How do you envision yourself representing your constituents when your constituents want one thing, but your morals and your values want something else. How do you balance that? How would you balance that in that situation? Well, I'm, I'm not too sure what morally, I, how morally different or divergent I would be um, with uh, the constituents. So it would have to be a very polarizing issue. Um, so I apologize to interrupt here, but I just want to I want to give clarification on this one because I, I try to ask it to everyone and I try to get their opinion on this. So hypothetically, if um, 
in the NDP platform, uh, um, your leader, Jagmeet Singh, has called for the removal of uh, oil and gas uh, subsidies to businesses in the oil and gas sector. There are people in your riding who work in the oil and gas industry. Uh, while you would be proposed to vote on that issue, the people of your riding may not technically want you to vote against removing those subsidies. So how do you balance that? And that's where I was getting at. It may not be a moral issue, but it may be a party over constituents issue. Or would you be more in the, I'm here to represent your constituents and this is how I would vote? If that makes sense. Well, I don't think it's like a situation where um, I, I, I don't think it's a, nothing is really ever a situation where you can't find some middle ground. And I always find that going down the middle is the best route. So um, as far as something like removing a subsidy, maybe that wouldn't really um, suit the situation. And it would probably not be something that a lot of my constituents would want. So I would have to listen to what their ideas are and maybe reducing the subsidy, but not taking it away. Um, I tend to like to go down the middle because I think if everybody is sort of satisfied on both sides, you probably have a pretty good deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, removing the uh, removing the subsidies, it might not like you're saying, it might not be what um, the constituents in my writing are um, really would really be um, hoping for. And I'm not really sure about um, anybody's position on that at the moment, because even from uh, Aaron O'Toole, I've been hearing a lot of middle of the road um, kind of talk. So I think a lot of people are trying to walk that line right now. Um I just want to do a quick plug here before we continue on for anyone who's tuning in. And for those who are listening, we are sitting down right now with Calgary Heritage NDP candidate Kathleen Johnson. She is running in the uh, September 20th election. So please, 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 if you haven't, make sure you get out and vote. Kathleen, I want to continue on the line of subjecting as your as the next MP. Um Come September 20th, you are elected. You are elected the next MP for Calgary Heritage. Priority number one for you on September 21st is what? Priority number one is um, to, before I get on that plane and go to Parliament, <laughs> is to actually uh, ask people what what are you concerned about? What do you want me to take to Ottawa? What is the priority um, for this riding? And um, I think the only thing you can do is listen and um, see how you can come up with a plan that um, where people feel heard and where people feel represented. That That's your job as an MP is to be representative of your constituency. So how would I do that is to actually, before I, you know, go, before I really get my, sink my teeth into the job is to actually have a pulse on what my constituents are concerned about. Um, I talk to people across this riding. I talk to people across this country, especially in Western Canada. One thing I hear over and over again is you elect an MP, especially 
in uh, Western Canada. They go off to Ottawa. You do not see them until the next election. You do not see them or hear from them until election time when they knock on your door and, oh, there must be an election because he wants my vote or she wants my vote. How do you plan on not being that MP? How are you planning to be engaging with your constituents, being the MP that people can get a hold of and talk to? Well, I mean, I won't be showing up at the dinner table, but um, I mean, if people want to feed me, invitation is always open, Kathleen. <laughs> invitation is always open for you. If to you want to have me over for dinner, I'll be there. But um, short of that, uh, calling, um, keeping in touch in terms of polling, um, having town halls virtually. Um, I still have kids here, and I still have. Uh, uh, elderly father and a brother and sister and cousins and everybody here. So I'll, I'll be here. And when I do come into town, um, I will be touching base with my constituents. Um, that is a really big thing for me because I don't want to be um, just that person showing up at the door at uh, election time. And people will be like, excuse me, I, I haven't, I haven't heard from you in a, in a little while. <laughs> It is uh, it is the one the, one of the most furious things that I ever have in elections, especially when it comes to federal elections, even provincial. Sometimes, is when politicians just fly away and they take our votes for granted. So I appreciate you being honest and saying that. Hey, if someone invites you to dinner, you would be there if they're in your right. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about one last thing before we start wrapping up here, Kathleen, and that is uh, your campaign. We are uh, just my my phone my phone on my Apple Watch just died, but if I'm not mistaken, we are less than two weeks away, or just over two weeks away, to Election Day. We are we are releasing this. Uh, well, this is Monday, and Monday the twentieth is coming quickly. Yes. How can people get involved? How can people learn more about you? Uh, while we've tried to re- uh, ask you as many questions as possible in a half hour, sometimes I miss a question and your constituents might want an answer. How can people get it, get involved, help out, but also contact you and learn more? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook at Kathleen Johnson. And you can, uh, I've, ha- I've had people already uh, DM me about certain things, about getting involved or about a particular issue. Um, I'm also on Instagram as KMJ Heritage, and um, you can also DM me there. Um, and um, I'm on Twitter as Kathleen NDP, and uh, you can private message me there. So if you want to get involved in terms of making phone calls, knocking on the doors, um, we need people still to do those things. So um, you can always contact me on any of those platforms and uh, see how you can get involved. Um, for my listeners and to my viewers, the links to Kathleen's Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and if I'm not mistaken, your website that is uh, put on by the federal party. I could be wrong, but I think there's a website as well. Or there might be a donation button to uh, donate to the campaign. There's a as donation well. button. Yes. There you go. Uh, we'll be in the show notes. So if you live in Calgary Heritage and are looking at all the candidates, the link to her Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and her, well, I would say website, but that's the donation. Those three will be in the show notes. 
please, 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 please. I am beating a dead horse here, people, but I'm going to say this over and over again until September 20th. Get out, get educated, and vote. Before I do wrap up, I have one last question for you, uh, Kathleen, and I want you to look at the camera and directly to the camera because this is the question for the listeners and to the viewers. Why should you be the next MP for the riding of Calgary Heritage? Whenever you're ready, take it away. Yes, um, my name is Kathleen Johnson, and I should be the next MP for the riding of Calgary Heritage because I was born and raised in South Calgary. I have a great uh, identity with this uh, side of the city and with this community, with this province. Um, I love Canada. I'm a very patriotic Canadian. My parents came here for a better life. And as far as I'm concerned, they achieved their goal because I have a great life. Um, I'm raising my kids here. And this is a community that um, I, I, I love. I, I love, uh, I live in the community of Haysboro and um, the people here have always been wonderful to me and you will see me and I will hear you. I am very interested in engaging with my constituents and that will be probably uh, the signature of my, um, of my serving you is that uh, you will be able to reach me and I will be available. Thank you so much for that. Um, again, to my listeners and to my viewers, uh, I'm going to say this one last time for those who did not listen to me. The last many times I've said this, democracy only happens when people get involved. People like Kathleen are putting their names forward for many parties. People like Kathleen are doing this for the right reason. Now it's our turn. We have the names on the ballot. It is our turn to get out, get educated, and learn about the candidates. If there's a question you want asked, reach out to Kathleen, reach out to the candidates in your writing. But of all things I want to impress here, get out and vote. Vote, 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 vote. You do not get to complain at the end of the day if you do not vote. I do not want to see you on Twitter complaining that something happened and then find out you didn't vote. So learn, educate yourself and vote. Kathleen, I want to thank you so much for doing this. This has been an honor and a pleasure. And I wish you all the best on September 20th. We need more people like you in elected politics and putting their name on the ballot. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to sit with you. For my listeners, once again, this is the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. We will be back Thursday night after the federal election leaders debate. So please tune in live when we will be having a roundtable discussion with political uh, political observers from the Liberal Party, from the NDP, from the Greens, from the Conservatives, and myself. So please tune into that. For everyone else, have yourself an excellent rest of the day. And as always, keep talking, guys. The Ballot Box was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated.